Before the Fellowship was the greatest story you've never heard. I'm Greg. I'm Cameron. And I'm Dan. Join us as we read and react to The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Last time, we read about Feanor as he rallied the Noldor to leave Amon and the Valar and move to Middle-earth. He made an oath to pursue anyone who should possess the Silmarils. Manwe sends a messenger to try to prevent the Noldor from leaving. Feanor convinced them to continue on, and the two hosts, one of Feanor and one of Fingolfin, marched northward. Today we continue Chapter 9 of Quenta Silmarillion, beginning on page 85 of the second edition. Now, Feanor led the Noldor northward because his first purpose was to follow Morgoth. Moreover, Tuna, beneath Tenequitil, was set nigh to the girdle of Arda, and there the great sea was immeasurably wide. Whereas ever northward, the sundering seas grew narrower as the wasteland of Araman and the coasts of Middle-earth drew together. But as the mind of Feanor cooled and took counsel, he perceived, perceived over late that all these great companies would never overcome the long leagues to the north, nor cross the seas at the last, save with the aid of ships. Yet it would need long time and toil to build so great a fleet, even were there any among the Noldor skilled in that craft. He resolved now, therefore, to persuade the Teleri, ever friends to the Noldor, to join with them. And in his rebellion, he thought that thus the bliss of Valinor might be further diminished and his power for war upon Morgoth be increased. He hastened then to Alqualonde and spoke to the Teleri as he had spoken before in Tyrion. But the Teleri were unmoved by aught that he could say. They were grieved indeed at the goings of their kinsfolk and long friends, but would rather dissuade them than aid them, and no ship would they lend, nor help in the building, against the will of the Valar. As for themselves, they desired now no other home but the strands of Eldamar, and no other lord than Olwe, prince of Alqualonde. And he had never lent ear to Morgoth, nor welcomed him to his land. And he trusted still that Ulmo and the other great among the Valar would redress the hurts of Morgoth, and that the night would pass yet to a new dawn. Then Feanor grew wrathful, for he still feared delay, and hotly he spoke to Olwe. You renounce your friendship, even in the hour of our need, he said. Yet you were glad indeed to receive our aid when you came at last to these shores, faint-hearted loiterers and well-nigh empty-handed. In huts on the beaches would you be dwelling still, had not the Noldor carved out your haven and toiled upon your walls. But Olwe answered, We renounce no friendship, but it may be the part of a friend 
to rebuke a friend's folly. And when the Noldor welcomed us and gave us aid, otherwise then you spoke. In the land of Amman, we were to dwell forever as brothers whose houses stand side by side. But as for our white ships, those you gave us not. We learned not that craft from the Noldor, but from the lords of the sea, and the white timbers we wrought with our own hands, and the white sails were woven by our wives and our daughters. Therefore, we will neither give them nor sell them for any league or friendship. For I say to you, Feanor, son of Finway, these are to us as are the gems of the Noldor, the work of our hearts, whose like we shall not make again. Thereupon Feanor left him and sat in dark thought beyond the walls of Alqualonde until his host was assembled. When he judged that his strength was enough, he went to the haven of the swans and began to man the ships that were anchored there and to take them away by force. But the Teleri withstood him and cast many of the Noldor into the sea. Then swords were drawn and a bitter fight was fought upon the ships and about the lamplit quays and piers of the haven and even upon the great arch of its gate. Thrice the people of Feanor were driven back, and many were slain upon either side. But the vanguard of the Noldor were succored by Fingon, with the foremost of the host of Fingolfin, who, coming up, found a battle joined, uh, found a battle joined, and their own kin falling, and rushed in before they knew rightly the cause of the quarrel. Some thought indeed that the Teleri had sought to waylay the march of the Noldor at the bidding of the Valar. Thus, at last the Teleri were overcome, and a great part of their mariners that dwelt in Alqualonde were wickedly slain. For the Noldor were become fierce and desperate, and the Teleri had less strength, and were armed for the most part but with slender bows. Then the Noldor drew away their white ships and manned their oars as best they might and rode them north along the coast. And Olwe called upon Ose, but he came not, for it was not permitted by the Valar that the flight of the Noldor should be hindered by force. But Owinen wept for the mariners of the Teleri, and the sea rose in wrath against the slayers so that many of the ships were wrecked and those in them drowned. Of the kinslain at Alqualande, more is told in that lament, which is named Noldolante, the fall of the Noldor, that Maglor made ere he was lost. Nonetheless, the greater part of the Noldor escaped, and when the storm was passed, they held on their course, some by ship and some by land. But the way was long and ever more evil as they went forward. After they had marched for a great while, in the unmeasured night, they came at length to the northern confines of the guarded realm, upon the borders of the empty wastes of Araman, which were mountainous and cold.
There they beheld suddenly a dark figure standing high upon a rock that looked down upon the shore. Some say that it was Mondos himself, and no lesser herald of Manwe. And they heard a loud voice, solemn and terrible, that bade them stand and give ear. Then all halted and stood still, and from end to end of the hosts of the Noldor, the voice was heard speaking the curse and prophecy, which is called the prophecy of the North and the doom of the Noldor. Much it foretold in dark words, which the Noldor understood not until the woes indeed after befell them. But all heard the curse that was uttered upon those that would not stay nor seek the doom and pardon of the Valar. Tears unnumbered ye shall shed, and the Valar will fence Valinor against you, and shut you out, so that not even the echo of your lamentation shall pass over the mountains. On the house of Feanor the wrath of the Valar lieth from the west unto the uttermost east, and upon all that will follow them it shall be laid also. Their oath shall drive them, and yet betray them, and ever snatch away the very treasures that they have sworn to pursue. To evil end shall all things turn that they begin well, and by treason of kin unto kin, and the fear of treason shall this come to pass. The dispossessed shall they be forever. Ye have spilled the blood of your kindred unrighteously, and have stained the land of Amman. For blood ye shall render blood, and beyond Amman ye shall dwell in death's shadow. For though Eru appointed to you to die not in Ea, and no sickness may assail you, yet slain ye may be, and slain ye shall be. By weapon and by torment and by grief, and your houseless spirits shall come then to Mandos. There long, there long shall ye abide, and yearn for your bodies, and find little pity, though all whom ye have slain should entreat for you. And those that endure in Middle Earth, and come not to Mandos, shall grow weary of the world, as with a great burden, and shall wane and become as shadows of regret before the younger race that cometh after. The Valar have spoken. Then many quailed, but Feanor hardened his heart and said, We have sworn, and not lightly, this oath we will keep. We are threatened with many evils, and treason not least. But one thing is not said that we shall suffer from cowardice, from cravens or the fear of cravens. Therefore I say that we will go on, and this do my add, the deeds that we shall do shall be the matter of song until the last days of Arda. But in that hour, Finarfin forsook the march and turned back, being filled with grief and with bitterness against the house of Feanor. Because of his kinship 
with Olwe of Alqualunde, and many of his people went with him, retracing their steps in sorrow, until they beheld once more the far beam of the Mindun upon Tuna, still shining in the night, and so came at last to Valinor. There they received the pardon of the Valar, and Finarfin was set to rule the remnant of the Noldor in the Blessed Realm. But his sons were not with him, for they would not forsake the sons of Fingolfin. And all Fingolfin's folk went forward still, still, feeling the constraint of their kinship and the will of Feanor, and fearing to face the doom of the Valar, since not all of them had been guiltless of the kinslaying at Alcolande. Moreover, Fingon and Turgon were bold and fiery of heart, and loath to abandon any task to which they had put their hands until the bitter end, if bitter it must be. So the main host held on, and swiftly the evil that was foretold began its work. All right, to summarize briefly, That's quite a bit. <laughs> uh, so Feanor is leading the Noldor out uh, back to Middle-earth. He goes to Alqualande to ask for the aid of the Teleri because he realizes that they cannot get across the broad sea without the Teleri ships. Olwe, the king of the Teleri, refuses to help. And so Feanor and his host attempt to steal the Teleri ships. A bitter fright breaks out and the Noldor, Noldor are overcome um, or excuse, uh, then the, the later host behind, led by Fingolfin, reaches the Teleri, and the Noldor do overcome the Teleri. Mandos condemns Feanor in just the most intense prophecy of doom, and uh, he declares that the Noldor, because of the kinslain, will be plagued by violence in Middle-earth. Finarfin decides to forsake the march, and he and his followers return to Valinor. There they receive the pardon from the Valar, and he goes on to rule the remaining Noldor, who stay in Eldamar. All right, that was that. I enjoyed reading that one a lot. It was like, gosh, we really like picked up in the in the narrative here. Yeah, it's a lot richer. A lot. There's a lot more uh... plot movement. Yeah, like you can, yeah. you can see it a director taking this and just making a short film you know it's very character and plot driven okay so i know last time we were talking about noldor or um the feanor kind of he's the central figure here right and in this part of the story and that was something we were wondering like is there any cameron you mentioned like the fire this this like you know raging fire within him and maybe it's not all bad but I don't know. How does this like affect your perception of him now? <laughs> that um, it might be as one of his greatest uh, gifts is like his fire and his passion, you know, his, uh, yeah, his fire and his passion, but it's also obviously his greatest downfall because it leads him to betray and to murder. Yeah. Dan, 
Yeah, I think even going back to our previous conversations, I think his his initial intention is born from a place of hurt. Um, but that isn't to say that good can't come from it, right? Or that he can it can be used to bring a good about. Um, I think people can rush headlong into situations not knowing what they're getting themselves into, and then um, it actually end up being for the better, but as a kind of happy fault. Hmm. There's a section here... Um... I'm reading from the top of 86 here where it says, as the mind of Feanor cooled and took counsel, he perceived over late that all these great companies would never overcome the long leagues of the North. I think this is kind of an interesting little point to make because, you know, we had said over and over that it was just like this fire, the hastiness that led him to make these oaths and like decide to leave. And then he finally takes a moment to kind of cool off as much as he's able to, because he's just like a burning fire. That's like who he is, you know? And as much as he's able to cool off, he's like, oh, we need some ships. We'll get them from the Tulare. You know, even his like, once he's cooled off and taken counsel, it's still not like the best thing, you know? I mean, he didn't go there with the intent to kill people, um, but he still thought like, okay, I'm going to, you know, we we got we we need to rope more people into this cause. We need to get the Teleri on board here. And he's not going to listen to any reason to you know take him off his course. That's his downfall. Is like he's he's more than the determined. He's he's prideful and stubborn, and that's that's his problem. You know yeah, what? He's a, Maybe he's great at persuading people too. So and and it's worked before on the Teleri, and it's worked recently with. Um, his com- compadres, compatriots, rather. Did it work with the Teleri? Um, in in Tyrion? Oh no, sorry, that wasn't in. Sorry, that's not the Teleri, right? The Noldor. Right. right, Tyrion is the Noldor. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I I read that he's, as he's kind of um, the image that I kind Teleri. of have in my mind of Feanor is he's like a wildfire, like, and and you know in places where I grew up in Southern California that were, have just been like wrecked by fire wildfires. It's like the wind, just, it get it burns so hot and the wind just pushes things. It just like, it's hard to contain it. You know, it just keeps going. But maybe in this situation, like the grief that Dan's talked about, the loss of his father and the loss of the Silmarils and his hatred. I mean, he hates Morgoth more than anybody. And those are kind of the winds that are driving him but it just like burns everything in its path, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I really think that he relied on his, his speech. I, th- I think in his mind, he thinks that the way that he's, he spoke at Tyrion was going to have exactly the same effect that people would, he'd be able to stir them up to the cause. You mean at Alqualande when he's talking um, to the Teleri? Yeah. Yeah. As he had spoken before in Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it says they were unmoved by aught that he could say. So yeah. it, he's clearly trying, like, he's pulling out his best stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's just not... Yeah, and they're like, them. oh, you're saying to go yeah. against the will of the Valar? <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're kind like, of there's a simpler you can people. Say, there's no way yeah. that you can say it that we're going to do that. And that's kind just, of like the people of simple faith who just like, okay, I don't, I don't understand everything you just said, but the bottom line is I'll never 
straight yeah. from the will of the Valar. And so, that leads yeah. him to grow wrathful because, I mean, the ne the next paragraph, it's straight to it. He starts accusing um, Alwe. Um, I love like, this, like, response from Alwe. Like, we all need friends like this in our lives, I think. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Do you have thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, I, hi I yeah, highlighted I did. the line. I'll just tell you what you want to hear, basically. I imagined Alwe to, when he says this as you were reading it, I imagined it as a kind of I'm not I'm not threatened by you, but like it's not it's not even an angry response or a defensive response. It's more just a matter of fact, but kind of with a jovialness to it. Um hmm. I like I, I highlighted this first line he says, this, the very first thing Ole responds, we renounce no friendship. Yeah. But it may be a part of a friend to rebuke a friend's folly. Sounds like Gandalf. Yeah, speaking yeah. to um, what's his face, Bilbo. Right. Yeah. It, it remind, I'm going to off Tolkien again, but it reminds me of. Um, I don't know if this is even in the book, but in um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the uh, at the very end when they're announcing the points and the winners of the House Cup and Dumbledore awards. Neville Longbottom a couple points for like standing up to his friends and he says like it, it it's one thing to stand up to your enemies but it takes a lot more courage to stand up to your friends and that's that, that's like a line that, that has stuck out from me to that you know being firm when you need to be with your friends I, I find that personally difficult and um props to Ole for you know staying with what he was con his convictions you know he didn't fold even hearing all of Feanor's nice words you know his his word craft his name is Longbottom Neville Longbottom yeah unfortunate last name. he's kind of a he's kind of a loser in the story at first and then he like kind of he's kind of a late bloomer I guess maybe not as bad as Eustace Clarence Scrub yeah <laughs> <laughs> Who's the, wait? Who's the loser in Lord of the Rings again? We we thought oh in the Silmarillion we thought it was eggnog. Yeah, oh, yeah, eggnog. But we might have to change that. We need yeah. to find like who is the you know triumphant fool in the story. Mm -hmm. hmm. And Olway kind of backs up everything he says with facts too. He's, yeah, like, you didn't help us build our ships; those are ours. We we didn't learn how to do that from you. Yeah. So he kind of just rebukes like every point of. Yeah, of uh, Feanor's little speech to him, which too. must have just made him even more angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like... It says after following that, he left him. Feanor left him and sat in dark thought. He just was like brooding, like mm -hmm. I hate that guy. <laughs> That's not funny, but I'm laughing. <laughs> this this is the kind of um, moments in the story where you you just wish a director. Like Peter Jackson or Denis Villeneuve or like uh, Steven Spielberg um, could get their hands on in film. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. would, this, I wish. So with the Rings of Power, I think the rights they got for that show was like, but you can't do anything in here. Yeah. Like you can use their names, <laughs> you can use like the setting. This is a hot take, but I wouldn't want Quentin Tarantino doing it 
because we know way clowns to the left of me jokers to the right here i am stuck in a meadow with you <laughs> you know some like goofy... there's all this music yeah. <laughs> we're like what the all right shut up <laughs> um, quick, like quick zooms <laughs> um no the, launch, the, the, the 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 movie you want to see is it already has a title. It's called the Nodalante. That's the the tale of the kinslaying. There it is. Yeah. Is that a movie? No, it's no, no. It's, just that would be that's what oh, uh, I see. In There's the a reading, story saying, within the story. Yeah, that's the story that is told of this event, the Nodalante. Or who was the director that almost made the Hobbit films? Oh, Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Like he'd be good, a good visionary for these as well. We couldn't really go any further in the show without talking about James Cameron, so yeah. I'm just going to throw well, his name in the hat. Yeah. We still haven't read Guy Kay's book. Maybe he would be somebody who can also mm. write screenplays. And, mm. so Guy Kay writes a screenplay, and then we make the film. I would watch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. We need like $500 million at least to make the series, probably. <laughs> Remember that really okay. bad review that we got recently? We, yeah. From... Um, um, Shad von Bernstein. Shad von Bernstein. Yeah, that was probably me writing that. Well, what if it was Guy K? Because he's like so mad that we keep talking. Butchering about him. it. Oh, yeah. maybe. <laughs> it's his pen name. We're Guy us. K's biggest fans. We're gonna yeah, have. We do love show. you, Guy K. Please, genuinely. We should. We should actually do another podcast and read Guy K. Um, Bonus. Apparently, he's a pretty accomplished writer. Okay, we can't. We cannot miss this. This bit about. Like uh, when Mondas appears himself, or if it is even him, yeah. His, talk, like, speech. Of, talk about a setting that you can just visually like see in your mind, and you can almost see it on screen as well. Just the way it's just, you could just plant this as a screenplay. Uh, what what page is this on? This is where I want to see Denis Villeneuve like depiction of Mondas. Well, the funny thing is though, it's all Mandos. darkness. Everything yeah. is in darkness right now because there are no trees. So maybe it's just you know the light of the torches that the Noldor carries. Eyes. Yeah, the starlight above that. Yeah. There are stars at this point. Um, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. It just yeah. Uh, so they they march for a great while in the unmeasured night. They came at length, um, and then. They came upon mountains and cold. There they beheld suddenly a dark figure standing high upon a rock that looked down upon the shore. So you can almost imagine just the shock. Like they've been marching in wilderness. And then that's not a rock. That is a something looking at us. Yeah. Uh, does it yeah, does it spell our death? Like why are we seeing specifically him right now? Anyone but him. Yeah, you know when you see um terrifying. If you've been like on a hike or just walking around at night anywhere where there's like hills or mountains or anything and you can just you can see like the trees it's just like further darkness against the sky, the dark sky, you know. I just picture this like hmm. extra not that Mandos is evil or dark in that sense, but just like the immensity of him blocking like a portion of the sky, you know. Wow. Yeah, Mandos is is crazy. I mean, he just arrives there to speak their doom. I gotta leave, uh, guys. Be right back. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, I do think it's interesting. While I'm gone. I think it's interesting that Finarfin, after hearing that, decides 
yeah, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> we're not going to Middle Earth. We're, we're turning back around. Um, hmm. Yeah. And then, so there they received the pardon of the Valar. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting because that's after the doom that was spelled out for them, right? Yeah, so they, they spell out the doom. <clears throat> And, you know, leaving with Fandor was itself like a choice to like, you're going to, there was also a doom of you will receive sorrows for this. Mm -hmm. But after the second pronouncement of doom, they could still turn back. They well, I think, I think, the, I think Mandos's big announcement here is particularly to Fanor and anyone who took the oath with him. Um, and he, people still are following him. But it says, like, you know, he says, on the house of Feanor, the wrath of the Valar lieth. Mm. And um, so, so Fenarfin is technically not part of that. Do. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I think um, it doesn't exactly say it here, but it said in our previous reading, Fingolfin in particular decided to go with Feanor because this is way back. Remember when he said, like, half brother in blood, full brother in heart? And yeah. he kind of says, like, I'm going to follow you wherever yeah. you go. So he reluctantly Mandos, follows, yeah. Yeah, Mando says, um, or, or Feanor says, I hear thee, so be it. But they did not know the meaning of that their words would bear. And yeah. now we're starting to see, like, that unfold awesome. where Fingolfin and his people have to, you know, commit to that and, and uh, what he's done. Interesting. Ugh. Well, is there any any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? I cannot wait till the next reading. Same. I'm looking forward to it. I think if anyone, if any listeners have uh, just stayed with where we are to this point, they're probably going to start reading ahead now. They're like, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't yeah. read this slowly. Yeah. I need to. Well, they'll go into the future and listen to us read it, like right now. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yep. All right. Well, if you like what you hear, go ahead and rate us. Three Seal Marils out of three. Watch the watch this podcast on YouTube. Join the conversation on our Twitter and our brand new Discord channel. Uh, links are going to be in the description. And send any comments or questions you have through those means or to our email address, which is beforethefellowship at gmail.com. Join us next week as we read the greatest story that you've heard one-fifth of the Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm -hmm.